Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast, fellas. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I, I know you guys had a big Saturday night this past weekend, uh, sort of put a bow on the season. I'll just I'll just tee it up there. T- tell us about the the festivities, the the, the little team banquet that you had, and uh, there were some award winners coming out of that. Yeah, uh, much of like this year of COVID, right? There was some good and, and some bad. <laughs> I'll put it that way. In terms of this, is Yes, we were able to get together and have a team meal uh, from compliance, you know, uh, with Jacqueline or Tom out there. It was not a banquet with with uh, parents and family and friends, which that's the team meal. Yeah, it was a team meal. Yes. So I want to be clear on that point. Um, And so it was just the team together, you know, and and so it was great that we did have a chance to get, you know, get together because we start finals on Monday and that's coming quick. And then a lot of seniors are going to depart you know, for jobs and the next stage of life. So it was great that we got together. Uh, I was just disappointed that we couldn't have everybody there because you know what, what a fun night that, that usually is. But, but you're right. We got to hand out some awards and kind of look back on the year. Let's go ahead and get into those awards. Uh, uh, what what uh, Several guys got recognized for their outstanding 2021 seasons. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, and we'll just take her down, uh, do a quick rundown for you then. Uh, so Jared Florell, um, won the Patassel Leadership Award. Um, great award. You know, this year he was on a couple of different committees, right? He's been on our SAC, you know, athletic group uh, from a leadership standpoint. He's been working on the, um, the, um, the, the Big Ten, you know, anti-racism, you know, inequality uh, group as well, providing, you know, some insights and, and putting time there, as well as just what he's done for our team. And he's always been, as we've had him on the show before, talking about leadership and, and kind of, you know, his journey. So it was, it was nice to reward him for the, the job he's done, you know, and many people may not know he had a, a really tough ending to his career. He uh, was getting ready to be our representative at the big 10 tournament and it had come along slow because of a knee injury and then had a fracture uh, in his leg where the screws were and, and, and had a setback just a week before and was actually looking good in the room. So, mm-hmm. so Look really good tough ending. What, what's that, Tanner? I said he was looking really good. He actually, when he suffered the injury, I remember he was up 14 to nothing in a simulation match a week out from Big Tens. And he was he, he cut the guy he was wrestling to go, like, chase the tech fall. And just, like, it was like somebody – it was like a sniper shot him. He just went down. Yeah, pushed off the leg really hard and, and that fracture, you know, where the little weakness was there and – and, uh, yeah, tough ending to his career. But, um, again, we thanked him for his leadership and what he's meant to the team, even though, you know, he didn't get to compete probably as much as he would have liked to in his career. Um, Thomas Panola, as a, as a round of 12 guy and a guy who had a very consistent, steady season, uh, had two awards, was our most dedicated uh, and our most improved, which is interesting to me because, you know, he qualified last year at heavyweight, came back down to his more natural weight, and, and, and was right on the door, you know, to be an All-American. So, uh, and, and as disciplined a kid, right, with his life, as you will find. So certainly deserving of both most dedicated and most improved um, with those awards. I think it was fascinating, Tony, that, uh, you know, Thomas, even in the shortened season, uh, put up some career high numbers for scoring. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, really, like, you know, he was, I think he scored – almost half his points on the season in the third period. You know, you, not you, surprising you, with his pace, right? As the other guy weakens, he gets stronger. Mm-hmm. And I 
thought that was a big positive. I think he had maybe 42 takedowns. If I and don't quote Good. me. No, that, that's exactly right. Is that right? Okay. So I was thinking he had 42 takedowns in his matches, which was really good because that heavyweight, you understand what a, a slower grind that is in terms of scoring and attacking. And so he, he you know, he made a, a nice transition and, and found some offense, as you said, especially in the third period. So, so that was yeah. great for him. The, uh, the next award was kind of our boiler up tough award. And I told the team, I could have maybe given this to the entire team with what we went through <laughs> with COVID. I mean, Everybody was in quarantine or isolation at some time and away from teammates and family. So that was it was a tough year in a lot of different ways for everyone. But I wound up um, and not just me, our staff. Everybody should know that this is a staff. You know, these are staff decisions. Um, chose Max Lyon uh, as the Boiler Up Tough Award. My man was in quarantine and or isolation four times this year, oh. two months of his life. And you got an active athlete who was not able to be in the wrestling room with us and work out. And I know, matter of fact, he went to Wisconsin a couple times just to train in the outdoors and be by himself. And so for uh, kind of the, the mental toughness he showed and, and the good work he did, we gave him the, the Boiler Up Tough Award. And uh, not to mention the fact, you know, Tony, all but two of his matches during the season, I think it was 15 of his 17 matches this season, came against ranked opponents. Yeah. Like he re- he wrestled a brutally tough schedule, and honestly, and one of the two guys that he wrestled that wasn't ranked was Owen Webster from Minnesota, who you know he wrestled him before he got ranked. So yeah. you know when you look at sixteen of seventeen, realistically, yeah. were ranked opponents. That's what a Big Ten only schedule will uh, will do for you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he did. You know, he it was he had a boiler up tough award for a lot of reasons there too, with not only. Uh, being in quarantine and isolation for two months, the, uh, the schedule that he wrestled certainly dictated that as well. The, uh, the freshman of the year, uh, Garrett Nyenhouse, um, had, had a, a very strong year, as we've discussed before. Top five finish uh, at Big Tens. Hadn't been done in a long time, you know, at Purdue. Um, clearly comes back as a freshman, and so we're just – we're really excited about his next four years, so – very deserving of that award. I will say Jake Rundell, right, was was close. Jake just yeah. a slower start to his season, so and just was a little behind. But but again, two outstanding guys who were top five and six at Big Tens that will have still have four years of eligibility for us. Now, lastly, outstanding, the outstanding wrestler on the team and the most dominant went to the same gentleman, uh, Devin Schroeder, collected both of those awards. Uh, Devin, you know, obviously knows how to put points on the board, especially from top. Also wrestled a very strong schedule and found a way, uh, was round of 12, very tough ending to, to his season. But as we've said before, is going to come back and join us next year and finish his career in Detroit. He's going to start and end his career uh, in, in his home state, which I, I think is awesome yeah. and, and been a great leader for us as well the, the last couple of years. For sure. And, uh, you know, it was a bummer. Devin, Devin uh, couldn't couldn't be with us on Saturday. Oh. His, uh, his girlfriend tested, tested positive and put him into quarantine last week. And yep. so, uh, that was, uh, and, and he's another guy. I mean, how many times has Devin been in quarantine? Oh, I would say at least three. I don't know. if he's Yeah. Been, maybe this is four now. It might've been four. It yeah. might be at least three. You so, know, 
those, yeah, it, it's amazing. Like you, you think about the fact that these guys get kicked out of the room for, you know, what was yeah. two weeks at a time. And now obviously, you know, with, with new recommendations from the CDC and from the state that, you know, that's gone down, but, yeah. um, and it's, it was, it was brutal for those guys to, to get in and out. Um, well, and I know it was kind of brutal for us just putting it together. Um, I mean, we had to go fast. You know, we drug our feet because we're trying to, you know, you get back from nationals and you get your feet under the ground. You know, people took a little vacation, right? Like you're just trying to decompress. And then you had a few more positives, as we just talked about, or isolations. And then finally, we just thought, well, geez, we got to have a date to get it in. Otherwise we may never get it in with everybody. And so, as you said, it was, it was disappointing to me that Devin couldn't be there, but at the end finals are are next week and then people are going to disappear. So uh, we we had to pull the trigger on it. And I am grateful that we did get a chance to get together. At least. I thought uh, one of the more uh, impressive parts of the night, in my opinion, um, we let, you know, we opened the floor for the seniors to come up and speak and, and, you know, not all of them came up, but but a few of them came up and shared some words with their teammates. And um, I think it's always, you know, coming up on 20 years in college athletics for me, which sounds makes me feel really old. Big um, right. Uh, and uh, watching these kids reflect and i say kids because i'm old but like you know young men i apologize young men you don't disrespect uh, them you'll have a few guys come find you for sure and, and and god knows i don't want any of that um how what do the kids say i don't i don't want that smoke is that is that how they say it that's what yeah, i think that's what they said yes uh but watching them reflect on their careers and on their time in college when it's all said and done and listening to how some of them are able to verbalize that, especially in front of their peers, um, is always one of my favorite things in college sports and, and the appreciation that they show. And, uh, you know, you hear them say it all the time, like, you know, don't take it for granted. It's over before you know it, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but at the same time, it's, it's, I mean, when you see the realization for these kids and like when that, that, that aha moment, like, man, that was, that was, that was fast type of deal. It, um, it's always interesting. And and no matter how many times the kids hear it in their four years, like Mm -hmm. once that moment actually hits them, like it's always this huge, like epiphany, like they, they had no idea that that was going to happen. No matter how many, no matter how many times we tell them, (laughs) bro, we told you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's two, there's two uh, phrases in my mind that come when you're talking and they're both absolutely true. I mean, one is, you know, how fast these college years are going to go. And I always pray that our freshmen are listening. You know, these young guys that redshirted or well, actually they didn't redshirt this year. They Nobody redshirted. Right. Which was awesome for them. They got that, um, that competition, but I do hope they understand how fast this can and will go. And they also saw some life experiences like in terms of Jared, you know, he didn't get his opportunity and that's hard. You know what I mean? Like that's really hard. Do you see a, a guy who was going to get a chance to, to, you know, check another goal that he had had with competing in the big tens and trying to get something done. And that was stolen from him late. So you hope these kids had come out with an appreciation of, of how fast it really does go and that it should be valued because I think it puts a great uh, perception or casts a really good light on, on just feeling thankful, right. When you're doing the hard work and it, it is, it's, a, you know, we just can't take the hard work out of the sport. 
to, to have, you know, be successful. So to, to value that or look at that in a, in a really positive light, which should happen, right? When you hear these guys talk, uh, I think is commendable. And the last one, just so you know, your kids do grow up fast. I, I was told that my kids are 10 now. So that was the other phrase that people always tell me, you know what I mean? Don't think, you know, these, these next four or five years are going to go fast. And other people say, Hey, you know, when I'm, when I'm rolling my eyes, because we're going from one baseball game to get another kid to swim practice, to get another kid to wrestling practice. And we, you feel like you're on a carousel. It's always that, you know, it's going to go fast. So I guess I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell myself that as well. <laughs> no kidding. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to say from the banquet was, um, you know, team meal. Thank you. Team meal. You caught you me. Right. <laughs> team meal. Apologies. Another uh, note from the team meal, special thanks to Elaine Wanstreet for helping us coordinate the, the menu for the team meal. Uh, she did so on, on short notice and, and really got us, got us something quick. And, uh, and Taze River uh, here locally helped us out. And uh, the brisket was was delicious, and uh, that dessert they brought Tony was was stupid. That was <laughs> that was uh, it was some what was it? it was like a chocolate custard, and it was unreal. Yeah, and it was kind of like frozen, not frozen hard, solid, right? But it was like a frozen custard kind of a drink. That yeah, was good. It was so good, unreal. Um, <laughs> Only time I tell the guys go back for seconds, go right? Ahead, hit it hard, so <laughs> crush it. You're about as far away from needing to cut weight as you're going to be. So that's right. I, I think we got Max Lyon up there like four times. It that was it was right. it was pretty impressive. <laughs> that so, is. Um, wanted to change subjects to kind of more of a national conversation here for a second, Tony. Um, you know, one of the huge parts of the off season in college, well, college sports really, but college wrestling right now um, has become the transfer portal. Um, it's been sensationalized to a certain degree. Um, you know, kids, uh, there, there is more opportunity and it's become more socially acceptable for kids to, you know, uproot in the middle of their college careers and, and go find a new home. Um, you know, wrestling is not to the point of, so let's say, football or men's and women's basketball. Um, but, but the portal numbers are getting bigger every year. And, and more kids are, are, you know, changing their minds and trying to go find a new place. I mean, basketball's in the thousands. Thousands. I think they had it here maybe a week ago. I, yeah, I read something that the men and women combined were well over 2,000. I think the men are, I think, I guess, like I said, I think the men are like 1,400, 1,500, and the women are just over 1,000, which wow. is nuts. Um, but um, <clears throat> wanted to kind of get your take on the subject and the transfer portal yeah. and, and how that, how that has changed during your career. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, it's like anything there's good and there's bad, right? There's always cons <clears throat> and you've, if you've got to weigh them out and um, you know, I think the transfer portal is probably good for those kids who, who really need a home. And by that, I mean, let's say you've got a young man. Uh, he's never started. He's pretty good. And he's got an opportunity um, you know, to, to go to another place and start and a, and a chance to accomplish some goals, right. You know, um, get something done that maybe he's worked very hard for that. That's what that, in my opinion, that's what the portal has been designed for. Right. And, and should be used by those guys. My fear 
is that you have kids who wind up just leaving on a whim because, you know, it was a hard practice that, that day or coach got after them or, you know, and they may be some of the best members of their team. And, and now there's maybe just a spot that opened up on the, the last national championship team. And so you're flipping, just thinking the grass is greener. You know what I mean? And I think that creates dangerous situations that you have to be, uh, be aware of, right. As a, as a, as a coach. So again, there's, there's good and there's bad. I think young men um, and women have to just be careful about their reasons why they're doing it, make sure they evaluate it, especially when you look at like football and basketball, where there's so many other, um, the intentions of other people are, you're not going to know, right? We're not competing for millions or thousands of dollars. And I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, people out there that would love to direct a kid in a certain way, hoping to cash in, you know, in some instances. And we know that's gone on a lot, especially in basketball, it seems like you hear stories. So, so I think you've got to really be careful about the motivations and why they're leaving. The, the other negative that I find though is, uh, and this has been on Twitter a lot. If you follow certain people, um, people are now poaching kids, you know, mm -hmm. more, in my opinion, or at least you hear about it more in wrestling. Maybe it's always gone on, but with social media, um, people know, oh, this kid's got an extra year. Let's get on him. And that's certainly illegal, right? When he's at another school and competing for them, my concern is now you have other coaches talking to these kids, uh, sending messages that, yeah, we would like you. We got a spot for you. And, and again, letting them know that they'd have money or a home for those kids. And that's certainly not what you want either, right? That crosses a, a line, in my opinion. You know, it's different if a kid's in the portal and expressed a reason to go. And now you can have those conversations, but you just hear about more and more of those conversations all the time that should not absolutely be taking place. And certainly, you know, our kids need to be aware of that as well, that, you know, yeah, you might have two years, but somebody could be looking down the road saying, okay, hey, in another year, you know, this kid's going to be up and he's going to be ready to leave. Let's get on him now. And that's that that shouldn't be done. So, again, I think if you use it correctly, right, somebody needs a home, uh, you know, and an opportunity, it can be a great thing. That's what it's there for. But people using it in ways that were unintended um, is where, where I hope it doesn't go. I hope that's not the norm, you know, with team hopping or people interfering with kids on other teams, why they still have eligibility and they're there. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it two different ways as well. I think, um, you know, I think it's a good thing for kids who, you know, when you choose a school, it's tough. You know, you, you often, maybe, maybe you visit one time. Or, or you, you know, you visit, some kids don't visit at all, right? Um, you, you know, you, you talk to these coaches on the phone a little bit, and, you know, sometimes you don't get to know them as well as maybe you should. And so a kid winds up someplace and they're, they're not happy. You know, they, they don't like their situation. They don't like, you know, where they are. They're too far from home. They're, you know, whatever. There's, there's a variety of things. And so giving a kid the ability to like, you know what? I made a mistake. I need to, I need to rectify that mistake for my life so that I can, you know, so I, I would never want to deny a kid happiness. Like mm -hmm. that is, that is hard. And so I think in that case, you know, for the student athlete to have that chance is, is good. But on the other side of it, I look at the fact that like, you know, especially like in, in my role with our team and, and getting to do things like, you know, we invest time and energy getting to know these kids and these families. And, um, and we make a commitment to them. You know, we, we commit to bringing these young men in to be a part of our family for five years. 
and we make plans around them. And we, you know, we have, you know, we don't just think about them in a vacuum of like just that one season. We think about them for five seasons. You know, we think about them for the, the length of their career and, and what they're going to, you know, do and mean to our program. And so when, you know, when a young person up and just says, nah, I'm out, you know, and I'm, I'm not speaking specifically about us because we haven't had a lot of, you know, we haven't had a lot of people in the transfer portal, which I think is great. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, coaches of other sports, I've seen where, you know, a coach is getting ready for their roster for next year. And all of a sudden, like players A, B and C are like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Eh, I just am. <clears throat> you know, no, that's I, the crazy I thing. I mean, the kids don't have to give a reason. They don't have to. You know, there's no there's no justification. There's no like they can just eh, I just feel like leaving. Yeah. And that's yeah. crazy to me. Sure. Sure. Uh, no, I, I, like you said, there's, there's, there's lots of good reasons on both sides. And I think you made a very strong point of, you know, happiness for a kid in this situation, right? You want them to be happy because especially in wrestling, I mean, I know all division one athletics are very demanding. Uh, the, the, the sacrifice demanded in our sport is very high. Okay. You know, with, with making weight and competing and, and competing in a league that, that is very good. And, and there's, there's a ton of positives there, but you've got to want that. You know what I mean? You want to want to be at that level and seek that level. And if it's not for you, then yeah, I think, you know, um, changing scenery can be positive, but as you said, you, you make a commitment and, and you hope that everybody's invested and on the same page. And I think that's what we try to get done through our recruiting process is you really try to find out, you know, what makes them tick? How do they view training? How do they view competing? How do they view their degree? And if you feel like you really line up and you're on the same page from the start, then it's going to be a good fit. You know, uh, it's going to weather the, the tough times and there's always hard times, you know, I mean, it's just always, you know, like I said, it's tough. So the, there'll be tough times, but if you're on the same page, it's a great fit. You'll get through it together. And, and that's going to make your experience that much better. Corey, you have any take on this whole thing? No, it's, I think that you kind of touched on a little bit, the, it's not going anywhere, it seems. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's going to be just, it's going to be tough for coaches to figure it out. It's going to be tough for programs to figure it out. Like, okay, this is now the reality. How do we build a team in this new reality? And the, and the programs that figure that out are probably going to succeed a little bit more, a little bit quicker than the ones that don't. And, and, you know, I, I, it's one of those deals where I'm not certain the people who made this a reality understood all the ramifications for it, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And, and it is what it is and you better figure it out because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, for sure. It takes a certain, um, I wouldn't listen. I'm not going to say that um, I, I won't be, you know, we all have to adjust. So uh-huh. the way we approach this in the future, as it becomes maybe more important in wrestling, because it's not been right. Like our number of athletes, even this year, because let's face it, we've always had that one-time transfer, right? That That's something that we've had. Now these other sports are getting there and it seems to be opening up the floodgates, but wrestling's had it and it's not been at the level that you're seeing with these other sports. So maybe it won't change that much. It may not. Uh, my concern is, and like I said, you're seeing more on social that people are going to approach kids and try to entice kids about 
you know, uh, hopping, you know, and going somewhere else. And that, that part, I, I don't want any part of that, but I guess I, I've always uh, um, viewed, you know, you build your team, right. You like, you create your foundation and you move up. And I think it's hard to do that with lots of transfers. Not that, you know, there's lots of kids who deserve an opportunity and a chance. And we're happy to talk to those, those kids, but man, there's something to be said in my opinion for bringing in these 17 year old freshmen and developing them. Right. Um, and then send, you know, watching them leave five years later, four years later, whatever it is, and go on to the next stage. Like I really enjoy that part of the process with college athletics. So um, for me personally, I don't know that I ever want to create a team where you got them for a year and then they're out. And then there's another guy for a year and then they're out. I just, I really believe in kind of the culture you create through sustained, you know, uh, leadership in that way. And it's harder to do that in my opinion um, you know, with, with, with lots of transfers year in and year out. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see where this really goes. I think, uh, I think my biggest issue with the transfer portal does not lie in the side of the student athletes or the coaches. Um, I, I find myself frustrated with the way that <clears throat> it's been sensationalized and glamorized and made almost like a free agency type deal by, by the media and by, um, you know, by social media and the people that follow and the fact that, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it just seems like it's, you know, oh, it's cool and it's hip and it's, it's, you know, these, they're, they're, they're making a huge splashy deal of it. You know, kids get to commit all over again and get all the graphics again and do all that. And, uh, and that, that bugs me personally, um, just because it just feels like it's, it's against the system of what college athletics is supposed to be. Right. Well, and I go back and this is not our sport right now. It will be interesting to see what name image and likeness does right with some of this possibly. Yep. But, um, there's motives uh, of people that you don't always know what their motives are. Right. I mean, their motives are their own monetary wealth and then they have an interest in seeing a young man jump ship and go somewhere else to put him in a better position so they can cash in. You know, that, that's not wrestling, but certainly, you know, I've been in college athletics long enough to hear stories and know how certain things go. So that's what I worry about is you have young people that maybe not, they don't see the bigger picture yet. And they're not seeing the angle of why this person is maybe advising you to do this X, you know, do X, do this, leave here and go here. And it's going to be better for you. But is it really? And then that young person leaves and now they're in a worse situation than they were before, right? Like you were happy, but somebody's in your ear saying, hey, go here. You'll be better. You're not getting developed here. You're not, you're not doing as well as you could. Go here, you will. But really, is it going to be a better fit? Are they going to accomplish more, right? They were happy. See, those are the things to go to your point. Maybe they were happy, but they just think, well, I didn't average 12 points a game. I averaged eight. And if I go here, I'll average 12. That's what I worry about is you get, you get into things like that. And now people aren't in better situations. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are what worry would worry me more. And, uh, you know, fortunately we've not had to worry about that as much in wrestling. For sure. Um, So uh, one of my, we, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite Tony Ersland sayings, um, we get to wrestle this weekend. (laughs) Um, another, another opportunity to compete for some of our young men. We're going to take a, uh, we're going to take a small group out to Coralville, Iowa 
for the UWW Junior and Senior National World Team Trials. Um, should be a uh, should be an incredible weekend, Tony. Yeah, uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited, um, man. It's my first uh, event in a long time, you know, for us. So for me personally, I know we had guys that went last fall and uh, shop and Vega took those guys, and I was staying at home because we were on the verge of a season. Yep. To watch, so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to go. The only bummer for me is we're not taking as many guys as I would like to with finals starting on Monday. Normally we have, you know, you know, a bunch of people, um, you know, at this event, but finals start Monday and we've got a lot of guys that have a lot of finals on Monday. So our group are down to five kids, which is great. Those five will go and, and it'll be fun to watch them compete. I only wish it was, you know, you know, about 10 more to tell you the truth. Um, the good news for people, I'll drop this before we go into this event, though, is we are looking at University Nationals May 27th through the 30th. We're waiting on that information, the details to come out. Mm-hmm. Just stay tuned. You know, these guys that are they're kind of bummed because they don't get a go because of their final schedule. <clears throat> In a month, you know, we're going to be taking them out again. Uh, to yeah. So you, people will get a chance to see them compete and, and, and watch them. So, but yeah. for now... Yeah, if we talk, I guess I'll just um, – I'll let you take it after I say who's going where here, Tanner. Sure. But Parker Phileas, Emil Sunlin, and Max Lyon will be competing in the Open uh, division this weekend. And then Cooper Norrie and McCartney Parkinson will be in the juniors. So that that's the five that we've got going and that we'll be cornering this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Parker's set to compete at 65 kilos. Uh, Emil's going to be at 79, and Max Lyon will be at 86. And then um, down low or down in the junior division, uh, Coop's going to go at 74 and, uh, and uh, McCartney's going to go at 86. So yep. um, it'll be, uh, it'll be great to see those guys get back out and compete, you know, do, do, do some freestyle, do something a little different. Um, you know, they've been, they've been working on that stuff in the room, but um, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Um, the juniors is going to be held over two days. Is that correct, Tony? Juniors yeah, that's going to be the Saturday-Sunday tournament. In the and the seniors is all Saturday, Sunday, I believe. Yeah, the seniors the seniors are all Sunday. So, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see those guys go do freestyle. The junior divisions, um, you know, obviously I haven't seen anything official, but it looks like the junior division is going to be huge. Yeah. There's, it looks like there are a boatload of kids registered for that tournament. Yeah. Um, so that'll be wild to see how big those brackets are and how many, how many kids end up being entered at, at each weight. Um, and then there's uh there's some big names in the senior open. It should be fun to see, uh, see those guys get out there and scrap. Yeah, no. And you know, that's not um, new, right. With the junior brackets being so large, that's always the case. You know, typically we're in Las Vegas, right. In the open and the junior same time, those junior brackets are always, always deep. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it takes it takes a good kid and a lot of matches typically to be on the podium at those events. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it, it, it's just going to be fun. It's more normalcy again. Right? Like for me, it's just more of what our normal schedule is. Uh, again, I'm bummed it's it's a little late. You know, so we've got kids with finals, but the fact we're going to be there and it's going to it's going to be great. Um, you know, keep keeps me excited. Yeah, we got a little taste last weekend with the Cadet World Team Trials going on up in Wisconsin. And watching some kids, you know, make a world team and, and do that. And so it'll be fun to go experience, you know, 
the same thing for our guys uh, at the in the junior and senior divisions and watch them watch them take their take their shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, those those events, you know, uh, it's like state tournaments for me. When you watch the young kids, you got kids, they've had these goals to make a world team, you know what I mean, to go to Bulgaria or wherever the team's going that year. And it gets you excited when you watch these young kids, you know, throw everything they got out there uh, to, to make the team. And we're on a lot of good kids. You talk about last weekend, you know, there's a lot of kids that we've that we've been on for a long time now that, that are doing very well. So that's got me excited too. The fact that we're in very deep on so many good kids um, that can, that can really help Purdue wrestling. Yeah. You know, speaking of recruiting, we haven't talked about this too much, but uh, the NCAA did declare the end of the dead period coming May 31st. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting and fun to, to get back to some, some normalcy of recruiting. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, my wife, Carolyn, asked me last night, too, what the summer's going to be like, what my travel schedule visits like. And I told her, I, I don't know. I just know. <laughs> like, I don't have the dates all done yet. I just, I just know it's going to be really busy. Right. Uh, so we're going to be trying to, you know, catch up, if you will, um, with the juniors as far as having them on campus. And then June 15th, you get going on the sophomores, right? So you're going to have two really big groups, important groups uh, going, you know, at one time. So uh, we're going to be going like our hair's on fire. Yours is already gone, Tanner, so you're in good shape. Um, but, but no, it's, man, it's getting ready to heat up. So all I could tell her was, I don't know for sure. I just know I'm going to be busy. That's where Absolutely. I <clears throat> Absolutely. I think we're, we're, we're booking some, we're booking some trips around the state. We've got some, we've got some guys in 2022 and 2023 here in the, the great wrestling state of Indiana that we're, we're hoping to, to get to spend some more time with here very soon. Yeah. I tell you um, the, the next couple of classes, great talent in Indiana. We're really excited. We're really excited about uh, keeping talent, you know, at home as well. Right. Like that's always the goal, but there's some guys that can, that can really do it that we're, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, we'll throw the kitchen sink at them. Like, like the kids trying to make those world teams was out there throwing everything they had. We'll, we'll be doing the same this summer. So uh, it, it's going to be fun. It's, it's good to be busy, right? Like, you know, sitting at home doing these Zoom calls, you know, uh, not, not, not the most fun. So, um, you know, it, it'll be good just to see people again and show, show them what Purdue is on campus, which I think is a huge part. We do well when kids are on campus with us. I've always said that. You know what I mean? So, Carolyn's ready to get you out of the house anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I have to believe that's true. I have to. Yeah. Oh, no. A long year for her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Guys, before we wrap it up, I've got two things one wrestling related and one not. Um, kind of broke this week. Uh, it, it touches a few fellas who used to be uh, in the Purdue wrestling family, and, and they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like outcasts now because they left, but but we won't hold that against them. Uh, Missouri made the big announcement that they're moving from the MAC back to the Big Twelve, and uh, that has you know they dominated the MAC. It was probably a bad fit from from the word go, and everybody understands that they have nine straight conference championships or something something crazy like that. But that's a that's an interesting move. Just uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? You know, I was 
I'm not surprised. I've known that they've been looking, right? You know, uh, Coach Smith over there, uh, you've heard rumblings that he was looking to, to move and get out. And you're right, it wasn't probably a great fit, you know, with their resources and budgets and what they have versus, you know, some of those other Mid-American Conference schools. So um, it's, it's probably a good thing. They're back, you know, inside the Big 12, um, you know. I, but it's weird, though. I guess what I find interesting is that the Big 12 is going to take them from a wrestling only, right? When you yeah. see this isn't Missouri's leave, leaving the SBC and coming back to the Big 12 as an affiliate member. It's just wrestling. And so I find that um, I wonder what the conversations were like to take a school who wanted out. Now you, you let them back in for one sport only and what that really looked like, you know. So I find it interesting. I would love to have been in on those conversations <laughs> and what was really said and how they viewed it. But at the end of the day, you know, um, it looks like Fresno, right, losing their program, has now left. So the Big 12 is was left without a program. They needed one. Missouri's done a nice job, so it's probably a, it's probably a good move to replace that member with with them, since, especially since they needed the spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, one last thing, uh, you know, today's a big day in the Purdue world. Uh, Purdue Day of Giving has been going on since 12 a.m., uh, this this early morning and uh, athletics was in the lead early. I think we'd, we'd raised the athletics had, had raised almost a million dollars last time I checked. Um, and so they're, they're all we're off and running and we appreciate all the support. Um, you know, we've got some links out there for our alumni. Um, we are doing some cool sport challenges this year for the first time. And the team with there's three challenges, the team with the highest percentage of alumni donating uh, is going to get a bonus to their operations budget. Um, and that means that that's just a participation number. You can give $10, doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, if all, all our alums who listen and, and watch, uh, you know, go find that link for wrestling. We got it on Twitter. It's out on Facebook, um, a couple places. Uh, go click that link. Go, uh, you know, go go uh, give us some of your hard-earned dollars so maybe we can do a little bit more next year with our budget. Um the team that raises the most money, obviously. Um, and then the team that has this, I'm going to put this on Ursuline. Here comes the challenge. The team whose head coach raises the most money themselves gets a bump to their operating budget. So um, Tony will be putting some stuff here on, on social media to, to get people to, to pony up and, and, and help us. Out. So uh, uh, we know it's been a tough year for everybody. And, and if you can't give, you know, no, no hard feelings, but we appreciate those who can. Hundred percent. That that's perfect. Be a big day for us. Big day. So uh, help us out if you can. Absolutely. I think we've uh, we've touched on everything. Go give if you're listening. If you're listening to this on April 28th. If it's April 29th, uh, before yeah, you got around the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> you gotta wait till next year. But uh, we'll 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 let you know about that then. Um, guys, uh, good luck at Coralville this weekend. Can't wait to see those results. Uh, good luck to the fellas going out there and uh, uh, keep keep hustling. I know there's other big things in the works. Um, I'll, I'll let you go. We'll we'll uh, let you get back to the the important stuff and uh, stop with the silly podcast for the week. For, for Tony and Tanner, I'm Coy. Thanks for joining us. Boiler up. Mm-hmm.